just want to read you something out. It's on Facebook. It's a friend of mine, Andy Mason, who some of you might remember does uh, dream culture. He's, he's, he puts a lot of, if you want to get encouraged, then one of the ways of uh, finding encouragement is actually get good friends on Facebook who post good testimonies on a regular basis, and Andy Mason's one of them. So this is a great story. It says, Seth, the children's leader, he's one of the children's leaders at Bethel Church, was worshipping with children and was prompted to ask the nine-year-old, nine-year-old beside him if she could see angels in the room. He couldn't see any himself. She said, sure, they're over there, and pointed to a corner of the room. Seth said, why are they here? She said, I don't know. Well, go ask them. She did, while Seth continued worshipping with the other children. She came back and pulled on his shirt, saying, I know why they are here. Why? For healing. When she said that, Seth felt an impact in his spirit, so he handed her the microphone and said, well, find out who is sick and send them over to the angels. Seventeen children responded, and the nine-year-old sent them to where the angels were in the room. All 17 children were instantly healed. <laughs> and it says, new normal. New normal. There's another person who, who, uh, whose Facebook posts have been encouraging me enormously recently, and my friend Dave Foggan down here, and I'm going to hand the microphone over to him right now and he's going to take you through because I want you to hear him. This is uh, a great young man. He and his lovely family, part of North Kent Community Church, relocating to be here. Uh, he can tell you a bit about that himself. But um, we met just over a year ago, didn't we? And it uh, seems, seems longer than that. Uh, but I want you to listen to this guy. I honestly believe that you can get an upgrade in your faith today as you listen to Dave. Okay. Good morning. How are you doing? It's really interesting what, um, what Pete was saying because um, I really felt this week that God was saying I was I actually had something in mind that I was going to talk about. I might go on to that a little bit at one point, but um, he said, "No, I actually want to do a faith upgrade today, and that's what I want to give away." And and um, that's before we even had any conversations about upgrade, and I didn't know anything about those words that that Pete had got. And I actually feel like if you will partner with it in your heart and your spirit right now, that there is an impartation in the room right now. There is an impartation in the room right now. I just want you to raise your expectation levels right now because I actually believe that I feel like God said that actually there's people who are going to leave here today with an ability to walk in unusual miracles. You remember it says about that in Acts when it's, it's talking about Paul, like God worked extraordinary miracles through him. And I actually feel like there are people who are going to leave today. If that, is, if that actually witnesses to your heart right now, if that is something that you actually desire, really desire, I want you just to close your eyes and actually just receive it right now because I actually believe there's a grace for that right now. Thank you, Jesus. There's a grace for that right now. And just understand that he's actually giving that to you right now. We, we, I think we're going to pray for people at the end, but the whole thing is an impartation. The whole thing is an impartation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I was praying last night, and I actually saw everybody in the room, and I could see inside your stomachs, not in a gross way, but I could see fire in your stomachs. I could just see like this fire burning in everyone's stomachs, and they were running out of the building onto the streets with this fire. And you know like those little, those things when you have a, a, a fireplace, and it's those things where you go, 
like that, and it makes the flames go up. The Holy Spirit is just breathing, and it's making the flames go like that. And I just believe that God wants to do that in your hearts today. So I'm going to probably just mainly share a few stories. Um, and But as I do, I just want you to know that um, this is not just information. This is an impartation. Okay, this is an impartation. This is not just a nice story. Everything that I'm telling you, same kind of stuff. Somebody just told me. Okay, and, and, and now I get to watch God do this stuff. And, and so that's just really, really important. The, the second thing, before I go, go on any more, is I just want to say also that um, one thing that I always say before I start speaking is just be aware of God's presence on you right now. Okay? More than, more than me. I want you to become more aware of his presence, wow, than you are of me. Okay? I know that's sometimes difficult because we think we come to church to hear a sermon, but we, we, we didn't, we came for, we came to gather around his presence together. I, I just want you to become more aware of his presence than me right now. Do that in whatever way you need to do that. Just feel comfortable to do that in whatever way you need to do that because God is actually healing people right now. Okay. It's uh, a while ago. I, I used to he, I used to teach at the healing rooms in Bethel. And um, the first time I started teaching this class there, it was a class called um, Walking in God's Best for Your Health. And it's basically about how to steward your healing, how to steward your healing. But a lot of people that would come into that class hadn't actually got healed yet that day. So a lot of people would get healed in those classes. But I remember the first time I taught in that class, it was with a friend of mine called Spencer. We were doing it together. And we had like a two-minute meeting before <laughs> we, went, we went in there. And we just said... Why don't we just start seeing what God will do without us even praying for people? Why don't we just see what will happen? Because I remember I'd been to um, a conference, conference with Randy Clark. And I just noticed that the way that Randy does his meetings is his preaching is about 10 minutes. And about three quarters of an hour is actually just building people's expectation and explaining to them, when I talk to you and share testimonies with you, God, you're actually going to get healed. And he spends a lot of his time just doing that. And then he actually just teaches for about five or ten minutes. And guess what? Loads of people get healed. So we just like started saying to people, oh, we're going to teach you some stuff about healing. And as we do, um, you're going to get healed. God's, and so I just start telling people, All right, I want you to interrupt me. I love being interrupted. When you feel something happening in your body, wave your arm. Wave your arm. And so the first time we did this, we were just like, okay, we'll just see what happened. Almost as soon as I said it, somebody, this lady started waving her arm and she's just getting healed straight away. And in that class of like, I think it was about 30 odd people, 16 of them got healed just while we were preaching. No words of knowledge, nothing. It's just his grace in the room healing people. I was, um, <clears throat> I was actually uh, about two or th- three weeks ago, I think, I was actually preaching at a Baptist church. And um, it's a church that my, my wife grew up in. And um, she was really nervous because she spent her whole life there. She was really nervous about letting me loose there. <laughs> but um, but it was they they didn't have quite a grid for this kind of thing. Like they're not as familiar with kind of Bethel culture and and those kind of things. So a lot of, a lot of things were very new to them. But at the beginning, I just started to explain to them, God is actually going to be healing you as I talk. And I and and I kept talking about it. And I could tell that there were just some blank faces and people just thinking this guy's quite weird. But um, through the service, a whole bunch of people started getting healed without anyone praying for them. This lady came up to me at the end, and um, 
she didn't actually wave her hand during it. And I was like, oh, you should have waved your hand because it was a good one. But um, she actually, her whole life had had really bad circulation problems. And um, her hands were always freezing, freezing cold. Not just a bit cold, but like ice. And she also had arthritis in her hands. And she said, when you were preaching, I wasn't even talking about anything like that at that point. Um, she said, when you were preaching, my hands just went burning hot. She says, they went absolutely burning, burning hot. And then by the end of the service, they had calmed down. But they were just completely normal temperature for the first time in her life. And all the arthritis had gone. That's just amazing. <clears throat> Um, but the thing I, I just felt like that I wanted to talk about today was just really, really simple, actually. It's, it's almost like a one-line sermon. And it really, it's just an observation of something that I've noticed in my life um, and I've seen God do in my life. And I guess this is something that I feel like I get to give away. Um, and that is that boldness releases breakthrough. I really believe that when we step out in boldness, that releases breakthrough in our lives. Not just in that moment although that does happen, but it releases breakthrough throughout the rest of our lives. And I've seen this happen so much in my life. And, and I feel like, actually, before I go into the word quickly, I just want to, my background is that, um, so one thing I like to do right now is I like to pray for people on the streets, but I also like to preach at groups of people on the streets and tell them that God's healing them. I just, I like taking risks. I actually like doing things that scare me. I don't, I know that sounds a bit weird, but, <laughs> but my, my, my background is that I actually grew up as someone who was scared of people, really scared of people. I was very much afraid of people. So imagine the kind of person, like, however you might think, whether it's Kevin Dedman or Chris Overstreet, imagine somebody who you think is likely to do that kind of thing, and then go to the exact opposite end of the spectrum, and that's where you'll find me. That's where I was. I was, everybody would say, my whole life, they were telling me I was shy. I didn't have any confidence. I remember um, being at school and just having to do a simple recital in a drama class where you're actually literally just reading something out. And I remember pretending to be sick because I couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. So I just didn't go into school that day. Um, I remember being in meetings at, at work. And actually, the thing I used to get a lot is I would get so nervous like my throat would literally close up and I'd be gagging. So you're trying to speak and you're like... <laughs> And that is like that is my experience that I used to have. And um, funnily enough, God put me into an industry and a job where public speaking and presentation was absolutely essential to the work. So that kind of put me on a bit of a learning journey. But um, there was a time in my life where um, I was faced with making a decision um, and, and pray, whether I pray for somebody on the streets that I saw or not. And I remember that there was just kind of like this penny-dropping moment where I just kind of thought to myself... I wonder, I wonder if actually my, my destiny could actually be on the other side of that fear. You know, I, don't, I don't know really what made me think that entirely, but I just, I just, it just occurred to me that maybe I'm so afraid of this, but this is the thing I was supposed to do. And um, it's actually, I've just been reading, um, I've been reading a book by Bill Johnson, The Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. And I'd read it in two days or a day and a half. And um, I remember walking down lamp, walking around roads in the dark, reading it under lamps and street lamps and stuff. Um, And I remember thinking to myself, I've been going for a run in Regent's Park. And I saw this homeless man. And I thought in the distance, and he had crutches. And I remember I thought, this could be another good book that I read and then kind of forgot about. Or this could change my life. 
and say, I, I, I decided I feel like I need to do, I need, I need to go for it. I need, I feel like I need to talk to him. But I was absolutely terrified. Like this is when I was in that place where I was actually afraid of people all the time. And, um, I remember I paced around and around and around for probably about 20 minutes where he couldn't see me, just trying to psych myself up and going through phases of t- psyching myself up to talking myself out of it. Oh, it's crazy. Eventually I decided I would, I would do it. And so I nervously went up to them and started talking to him and, and then eventually I asked if I could pray for him. He'd had something wrong with his ankle for like, I don't know, 10 years or something. And um, I did pray. He let me pray for him. I prayed for him. Nothing happened. And I carried on on my run. And I was like, oh, I okay. Well, I mean, I didn't really have a high expectation level for seeing, think, thinking that anything would happen at that point. But um, I carried on my run. But I thought, okay, well, at least I went for it. And then a week later, I was out running again. And I saw him again in the distance. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is the middle of London. I've seen the same guy again. And uh, I saw him in the distance. And I kind of thought to myself, oh, he hasn't seen me yet. I could, I had this thought, I could just turn around. <laughs> I could just turn around. And then immediately I was like, no, I'd, I, if nothing's happened, I'm just going to offer to pray for him again. So I went up to him and I asked him how he was and how his ankle was. And he said, oh, I was no different at all. And... um and I was like, oh, can I pray for you again? And at this point, he obviously thought, well, you're a nice guy, but you're a bit odd, and it didn't work. So I'm going to say no. And um, I was like, oh, okay, well, can I just bless you and your friend? I'll pray a blessing over you. And he was like, okay. And um, I don't know why he agreed to that, but he did. And so, and I was just praying for him. And then I can't, I don't remember what it was now, because this is a few years ago, but there was something that I just got a word of knowledge for. I didn't even know what a word of knowledge was at that point. I had no idea. But... I had this kind of word of knowledge and I addressed something and then I just told him to, to be healed and walk. Again, I'd never done that before in my life. <laughs> but, um, and then um, he started walking with his crutches and I was like, no, no, without the crutches. And then he started walking without the crutches and then he's running around this park, screaming and waving his hands and shouting at all these passers-by. <clears throat> he was completely healed. He... These guys, they used, to, they, they used to sit on park benches around London, and when they shouted at passers-by, it was curses, because they, you know, they were drunk, and it was curses, and it was horrible stuff. He was shouting at people, I'm healed, so it's a different kind of shouting. I never, I never saw him again, but I did actually get to know a friend of his uh, over time, who, who he got saved as well eventually, but th- it turned out that guy, through one encounter had given up the alcohol and moved into a Christian home as a result of that one encounter with God. I never saw him again, but God obviously did amazing work in his life. But that day was a significant day in my life. But um, I'm just going to quickly read to you from Acts. It's Acts 4. Um, I'm probably going to jump around a little bit. This isn't going to be an in-depth Bible study, so I apologize for that. Um, so... So basically, what we've got here is um, all the believers have been filled with the Holy Spirit. All these people have been getting saved. And then they've started praying for people. And they've seen miracles happen. Um, And there was the beggar that got healed. And it's amazing. But what's happened is um, the priests and the Sadducees and all these guys, the high priests, they've heard about it. And they're not very happy about it. So they get hold of um, Peter and John. And they bring them before them and they start interrogating them. By what power or what name do you do this? That is in uh, verse 7. And um, Peter then boldly speaks back to them. 
Now, if I skip down to verse 13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I just want to stop there because often we focus on testimonies and seeing God do amazing things and miracles and things like that. And that's that's amazing. But actually, I just want to say that your boldness is a testimony in itself. When you step out and you do things that a normal, rational person wouldn't do in the name of love, that is a testimony. These guys, were in, these priests were impacted because they were like, what? Because an unlearned person in those times didn't have a lot of confidence because they were basically lower ranks socially. So they didn't feel like they could speak up against someone who was educated and a, a teacher. Man, they would never do anything like that. So this boldness that they demonstrated was actually completely bizarre for the context. And so that they took note of that boldness. Eventually, um, just skipping down a bit, they, they threaten them and tell them not to do what they're doing. And they send them out because they can't find a reason to actually to do anything to them. Now, what happens next is Peter and John, going down to verse 23, they returned to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and, and the elders had said to them. And then they all joined in this prayer, which I'm sure you've read and heard about. But if we um, skip down to verse 29, they say, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, actually... That's the NIV that I'm reading there. But in almost every other version, it doesn't actually say it like that. In the other versions, it says, Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness as you stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs. Now, there's a, there's a preposition there that the NIV translation missed out, which means as you, basically. And that, that's actually significant because basically what that shows is they had an insight. They they understood <laughs> they understood that actually if they stepped out in boldness it would attract the resources of heaven it would attract the power of god because it wasn't that they needed to ask him to do it they knew that if they stepped out in boldness and risk it would attract the power of god and so they prayed for boldness and then if they were all filled with the holy spirit and spoke the word of god boldly now if i skip on to acts 5 right so from verse 12 onwards, it starts to say how the apostles perform many miraculous signs and wonders. And I just look, if you look at this, they have gone to a new level, right? They were performing miracles before something different has happened. As a result, people brought the sick, this is verse 15, into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as they passed by. Before they were laying hands on people a while ago, now people have suddenly, normal people, have suddenly got it into their heads that if they lay the sick in the shadows, they're going to get healed. That is a completely different level. And then if you go down, verse 16, crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick, and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'd really noticed that properly until quite recently, because I used to think only Jesus had had a ministry where literally everyone was healed. But at that point in the early church, it said all of them were healed. I believe that there is a direct correlation to, between that and the prayer that they prayed just a little while earlier. They got taken to a completely different level. I won't go on to this 
um, and read it out. But if you skip on to chapter 6, you'll actually see that um, they keep stepping out in boldness. They keep actually doing the things that the priests tell them not to do. (laughs) And it actually says in verse 7 that a large number of the priests became obedient to the faith. So the very people who are warning them not to do the things they were doing were so impacted. Remember how we read that they, would, they took note of the men, these men had been with Jesus? Yeah, so they were so impacted that their lives were changed and they became saved as a result of it. And so, and so in my own life, I've just noticed that as I've kind of taken steps out, as I said before, like I often did these things afraid and it wasn't what I wanted to do. I've actually seen God move really, really powerfully. I remember... Um, in Me- I was in Mexico earlier this year on a mission trip, and we actually had this one day that was a day off. Um, it was our one day off, and they were going to take a sightseeing around the colonial part of, the, of Mexico City. Um, it's really beautiful. And we went around in different groups of about, I don't know, I think it was about, we had about six or something in our group. And we went into the cathedral, and that was really beautiful. And we actually prayed for a couple of people, and they got healed. And then we came outside, and um, there was a, there was a man who was sat on the street begging, and he was lame, but he also, um, he was mute. He'd never spoken before. And um, basically, um, we, we started praying for him. Now, he felt something happening in his legs, but they didn't seem to change at that moment in time. But he then said the name Jesus, which we, we were quite encouraged by, <laughs> because we thought, wow. And at that point, I did something that I don't know. I don't, if I'd thought about it, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have planned to do it. But these words just fell really loudly out of my mouth. I just started shouting, God is doing miracles right now. If you need healing in your body, gather around right now. God is going to heal you right now. All these crowds just gather around. I feel sorry for my inter- our interpreter because he had to do it as well. But all these crowds gathered around and we got stuck on that street corner for over two hours um, as God just poured out his grace and his power and his love, we had over 60 people get healed, people getting saved, delivered. One of my favorite stories was a lady, it was a medical doctor, she was about 85 to 90% deaf in both ears. I just said to her, receive your hearing now. And she just took a hearing aid out and she walked off with that hearing aid in her hands because she doesn't need it anymore. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> It became quite common that day to see people running around with crutches under their arms. It was quite funny. It was so good. It was so good. And that was on a day off. But I, the rest of, <laughs> the rest of the trip, it just went to a completely different level. And I believe it, it's something to do with that day. Um, the next night, we were actually at a church meeting. It was a church plant. It was probably about, I don't know, 30, 40 people and, um, one of my friends spoke and it was a really good message and at the end we started sharing words of knowledge and we started praying for people and um, people were getting healed of back problems, knee problems, all this kind of stuff and and then, but I noticed it was funny, but I noticed that the room seemed quite divided. People weren't really, they didn't really seem totally, even though God was doing miracles, they didn't seem totally engaged with what, what he was doing. Um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, I don't really know why that is. Um, but somebody brought this lady to me. And she looked really, really sick, really, really sick. She looked very weak and frail, like grey. She just looked really not well. And they and I said to her, what's, said to them, what's wrong? And they said she's got breast cancer, um, but it's actually spreading through her body. She's very sick. She hasn't got long, and she's just got pain all through her body, and she's very weak. 
And, and so I just looked at her and I just said, today is your day for a miracle. And I gathered all the people around. I said, everybody gather around. God is going to heal this lady right now. She's going to completely heal her right now. It's another one of those moments that I would not have planned to say that. <laughs> the words just kind of fell out of my mouth. But, um, everybody gathered around and I just, I just, I can't remember what I said, but I just declared a few things over her. She went, bam, down on the floor. She was down for about 15 minutes, by which time we just prayed for a few other people. And then later on, I noticed she was sitting up, but she looked different. She had more color in her cheeks. She looked, there's something different about her. And she was kind of weeping, but she looked kind of happy at the same time. And I, so I, so I went over and I started trying to find out what, what had happened. And basically, all the pain had left her body. She felt completely different. And the, the tumor, she couldn't find it anymore, disappeared. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Wow. Time flies. <laughs> okay, we're running out of time. I just want to, I want to try and tell you another story. Is that okay? <laughs> I just like telling stories. Um, a few weeks ago, I was, um, I was going to France, um, for a ministry trip and, um, at Heathrow Airport, I'd just come through security and, um, I noticed this man on crutches in boots. So I went up to him and I started talking to him and, um, he actually had one leg significantly shorter than the other. And I actually asked him about it. It was 15 centimeters. That's about an iPhone. Yeah? Is it like that or a bit less than that? Yeah, so that's a lot. Um, and actually, he, had, he was probably in his 40s. He was from Africa. And he had had polio when he was eight years old. Um, and it, so he'd basically been on those crutches nearly his whole life with one leg significantly shorter than the other. And I said, does the leg work okay? And he was like, yes, but it's so weak and it's never been used. Like it had virtually no muscles on it. Um, and he'd never been able to use it. And I said, well, can I pray for you? I just see God heals people all the time. And he just, he was initially a bit offended because I think he thought, you idiot, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? And I was, and I just looked at him and I was like, just looking really happy. And in the end he just thought, Okay, so um, I just put my hand on his shoulder and I said, thank you, Father, legs growing. And I just waited. And then I could tell he was feeling something. And his, his, his head was down, but it was suddenly getting very hot in boots. It was getting very hot suddenly. And I said, what's happening? And he go, I said, do you feel something? And he goes, yes, it's all going down the left side of my body. It's just going down the left side of my body. And I said, what is it? He goes, it's heat, really hot. And I said, it looks like your leg is a bit nearer to the ground than it was. Am I imagining that? I feel like it is. And he goes, I don't know. So then we started getting things off the shelves and boots that we could try and use to measure centimeter increments with. So I'm getting these like different deodorant cans and things like that and going on the floor. And I was like, it looks like your foot is only about seven centimeters off the ground now. And he was like, whoa. And so then I just started getting him excited about that. I was like, isn't that amazing? I was like, God loves you so much. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, he loves you so much. He's doing a miracle in your body right now. And he was like, yeah. And then we both just started getting really happy. We both start laughing a lot right in the middle of boots. And just as we're laughing, his legs continuing to grow out. And um, I measured it again. And it was like, it was only a few centimeters. It'd grown about 12 centimeters by this point. And, um, and then in the end, I just realized I didn't need to keep, I didn't need to pray for him. I mean, 
what's that going to do? God's doing it already. So I just started telling him, God loves you so much. Like, and I was like, go home to your church. Because I found out he did actually was kind of part of a church. I was like, go to that church. Tell them what God's done for you. And I was like, something's going to happen in your church. I get excited thinking about what's going to happen in that church or what has happened in that church. By the time I left him, his left foot was scraping the ground. That's amazing. <laughs> That's like a whole lot of limb that wasn't there before. <laughs> Um, that is amazing am I out of time pray for people alright thank you Lord okay thank you Jesus wow wow thank you Lord thank you Jesus just be aware of his grace be aware of his grace on you right now wow thank you Father Somebody's right knee is being healed right now. Who has a problem with their right knee? You over there and you. And you. Would you be able to stand up or move it around or something? There's grace coming on that knee right now. The Lord is healing it right now in Jesus' name. That's being healed right now. Move it around. Do something you couldn't do. There's grace. I see grace coming into your muscles right now. Muscles are being strengthened. I see things like regrowing around kneecaps. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Wow, something's happening right now. Who's feeling something happening right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. What's happening? (laughs) <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> God is healing you right now. Your knee is being healed right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Who else needs healing in your body? Who's got something you need healing in your body? Thank you, Father. Just receive it. Jesus Christ is healing you right now. Thank you, Lord. Today is your day for a miracle. Today is your day for a miracle right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I just get a sense that there's a lady, a lady who's maybe got pain. I don't know if it's on both sides, but something around here. I don't know who that is. Is that you? I just feel like God's just de- destroying whatever it is that's causing that pain right now. And Jesus, there's grace coming into your body. Wow. There's a gr- new season of grace coming into you where you get to walk in health and well-being. You are overcoming this thing. You have destro- the devil, is, is, his work in your life is destroyed right now in Jesus' name. You walk in freedom and grace in truth. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there is freedom coming on your body right now. You're stepping into a radical season of freedom right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. That pain is leaving your body right now, and it is never coming back. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Somebody's neck is being healed. Somebody's got a stiff neck. Not anymore. Thank you, Lord. That's just being healed right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Who can test out their neck? Anyone want to move it around? Can you move it around? Thank you, Father. It's better? Thank you, Is it completely better? Okay. Yeah? So arthritis is being healed right here on the second row. Thank you, Lord. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. That's so good. How's that knee? Can you test whether it's different? When it's lots of impact? Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Did you want to... Yeah. This is is not on... Final chance. <laughs> I, uh, I've been talking with Dave, and so yeah, I think 
we, we, we're, um, we've got more that we can do next week. I just I have a real uh, strong sense that, that of, of uh, an upgrade in, in, in the realms of healing. Um, and I know that Dave actually has faith. And one of the things I think is very important to understand is faith is an assurance of things hoped for. And I was teaching in evening school on Wednesday and so said that it's okay to pray in hope while you're on the road to assurance. Okay? And, but when you see somebody who has, has a higher level of faith, his assurance can look a bit scary to you. Does that, that make sense? <laughs> and, but what I want you to do is invest your hope and let, let faith grow in these things. So actually, you've just heard that Margaret down here, she's saying actually her neck used to crackle with arthritis, and it's not doing that right now, is it? Okay, so what, what you've just been part of is seeing God do something. Okay, so you're in the room when, when things are happening. Um, and this young man, he, he has, has a level of faith and an assurance uh, that you can gain from. Um, and uh, I've seen that in my own life in the past, and, and I just, it's, it's fantastic to see. Um, but what I love is how he just does it in normal life, like he throw airport in boots. And uh, he can tell you some more stories next week, just walking down the road, you know, with his two boys while he was looking after them, and, and a lady getting healed. What was it, eye problem that she had? And uh, arthritis in her knee for 10 years, and she got problems leaking out of her eyes that got healed just on the streets as they're walking along together. Okay, so this is, oh, yeah, this taking it out of, out of Christian meeting context into life context. Okay, and I think that's what, what's happening. Um, and it's what I see happening on the streets now, Gravesend. And I think this is part of what's going on, is, is there's a sense of it's, it's getting out of the confines of a building into, into life generally. Um, I'm very excited about ha- having our building, um, but I'm even more excited about the life that will be distributed through that. Okay, so I'd like you to stand, if you would. Um, kids are going to be coming back in, and I'd like Dave to pray over each one of us in terms of, I want you to receive an impartation right now um, of faith. And faith is, is a gift, okay? Um, you don't have to work yourself up to it. There's a gift of faith. In 1 Corinthians 12, there's a gift of faith. Um, and I know I have a gift of faith. I know God gave it to me. I recognize in this, this young man a gift of faith. Um, and actually at the moment he's at a level that's beyond where I am in, in, in his life in terms of bringing healing. So I want to receive from him, okay? Uh, and I think we can all benefit from receiving from him. So you okay to do that? I want you to give an impartation of the whole crowd. Thank you, Lord. I just want to say that if, um, although I kind of rattled through some things quite quickly there, but if any of those st- stories started to stir something in your heart, that's God creating space in your heart for you to host uh, an upgrade. That's, that's, that's what he's doing. He's actually creating that space for that to be stored in you. So, Father, I just thank you for every person in this room right now. 
every single person in this room, every heart in this room right now. And Father, I just release grace to them right now. Father, I just declare that today is a new day and that suddenly something shifted today where they just start doing things that they wouldn't have done yesterday, Father. And they just step out with a confidence, an unreasonable confidence, Father. I just declare an unreasonable amount of confidence that does not make any sense in the natural is imparted to every single person in this room right now in Jesus' name. And I just declare an unusual miracles will happen through people in this room. There will be stories next week of unusual miracles that happen this week, extraordinary miracles that happen right now in Jesus' name. And I just release a boldness that is infused by your love, Father, a boldness that is infused by love. It's not motivated by testimonies. It's not motivated by anything like that. It's motivated by love and love alone, your agape love. Father, I just ask that you release a new wave of your love right now in Jesus' name, your tangible love, Father. Thank you, Lord. And that they would just know that the only thing they need to do is to be good receivers of your love, but just to do that everywhere, to do that everywhere and just look for people to leak on, just to look for people to leak on. All we need to do is just be your children everywhere, Father, to be your children everywhere, just to receive your love and your assurance. There's a reason that you're called the comforter, because when we're comforted, we do things that we wouldn't otherwise do. So we just re- I just release that right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.